from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Someone came up to me after one of the outdoor shows and said, it has been so long since I have laughed. that these are the moments that we find, uh, you know, the, the cracks in the darkness and find some ways to make uh, some buoyancy. While there was nothing funny about the pandemic, the way in which we switched our lives around and the way in which we survived and the way in which this human spirit triumphed is pretty hilarious. I'm Sarah Fenske. Comedy is back, live and in person in St. Louis. And if you're a big fan of public radio, the person headlining two shows at the Gaslight Theater this Friday surely needs no introduction. I'm talking about Ophira Eisenberg. She's a stand-up comedian. She's featured on Hulu's new Up Early Tonight, the new late-night show for moms by moms. And of course, for the last nine years, she's been the host of Ask Me Another, which airs on this station and NPR stations across the U.S. US. And she joins us today. Ophira Eisenberg, welcome. Hello. So nice to talk to you. We're so glad you're able to join us today. And, and you are not alone here. We're also joined by Yale Hollander. Um, he is the impresario behind the new Gaslight Theater comedy series. So Yale, welcome. Thank you. Hello, everybody. So I'm curious about this, how this all came together. Ophira, I was looking at your schedule. You have a lot of shows coming up in New York. You have a few in Connecticut and Boston. And then randomly, you have these two in St. Louis. What made you decide to come here? Okay, for one, I love St. Louis. And it has been such a welcome place for me to come to in the past, whether it was with Ask Me Another or The Moth. Uh, I have some friends there. And during the course of the pandemic when we were all staying at home and doing Zoom shows, Yale asked me to be part of a show with him. And I had a really great time and I just was thinking about all of these things and I thought, you know what, I want to see if if they, once things open up again, if this would be a fun thing. And I approached him and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So it seems so easy. Yeah, so she approached you. She did. This This is this is uh, 100% truth for this particular show. Now, before that, yes, uh, she had been on a Zoom show with mutual friend, New York comic, Rebecca Kaplan. And yes. Uh, so I was in her virtual presence, so to speak. <laughs> and after the show, I sent her a, a message through, I think it was Twitter, uh, asking her if she would be interested in being on my Zoom show because I had uh, Coffee Break, an online uh, show that I was producing and may produce again next pandemic as well. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Don't even go there, Yale. And, you know, <laughs> right? it, was, it, was, it was just one of those um, Hail Marys or whatever um, the Jewish equivalent of a Hail Mary would be. And she said yes. And it was a, a great time. And uh, she headlined uh, Coffee Break, and it was it was great. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic. She sent a, a very kind thank you note afterwards and said, you know, I hope we work together again sometime. And I thought, what a polite Canadian thing to say. 
<laughs> never, ever imagining that I would get a direct message from her wanting to come to St. Louis to do my in-person three-dimensional show. Yeah, I mean, how amazing <laughs> is that? And, and Ophira, you mentioned you really love these St. Louis audiences. Do you feel I like do. we have an exceptional enthusiasm here? What uh, <laughs> What's the draw? You know, I, th- I would call it warmth. I would, you know, that is the word that comes to mind. And it is the the kind of thing where uh, I just feel, feel like every time I've been on a stage there, you, you just look out into the crowd and you see a bunch of people looking back at you that are excited. Yeah, I guess enthusiasm, but it's also just a readiness to be like, take me somewhere. Let's go on some journey. Let's escape together. Which is, you know, the, the what you want. That is, a, as a performer, that's the dream. So what do you do with an audience like that? Are you going to test out some new material and feel like, <laughs> hey, they'll laugh at anything? <laughs> uh, it will It will be, it will be a, a mixture. So actually, I was supposed to record a new comedy album on April 3rd of uh, last year, which, of course, did not happen because the world was shut down. And so I decided that I would do that whenever things were up again. And so I have a date for that. And, of course, my material (laughs) has changed over the course of the last little while. Uh, And so I'm putting it all together. So I promise that the audience will get both fresh and honed material. That, which... that is quite a promise there. <laughs> you said you have the date where you have to be ready yeah. to record this album. How fast this is, is that date looming? You know, it's in about a month. Oh, boy. Okay, so pressure's on. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it as soon as things were safe, and I wanted to do it actually soon because I also wanted to talk about uh, a bunch of things that are relevant to our recent experience, and I wanted it to feel contemporary. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. In addition to booking these shows, Yale is also a comedian, and I feel like this is a good chance for everybody who has only found things to cry about in the last year. <laughs> Maybe you guys can help us understand something that that is funny about what we've all been through. So, Ophira, in your new material that you mentioned, is this pandemic humor? So I think with any struggle and uh, any grief and sorrow, there is a side that is funny. Not to make light of it, mm-hmm. but I think that these are the moments that we find, uh, you know, the, the cracks in the darkness and find some ways to make uh, some buoyancy. And so while there was nothing funny about the pandemic, the way in which we switched our lives around and the way in which we survived and the way in which this human spirit triumphed is pretty hilarious. I mean, we're still people are still, for example, just very light, are still talking about how they never want to put on pants with a button or zipper again. I mean, just think of that. That's, <laughs> That's true. That is, it's funny. It also seems a little sad. Like, come on, people. Pants are not so hard. <laughs> Yale's wearing pants with a zipper. I am wearing pants with a zipper. As a matter of fact, I, I uh, wrote a piece in St. Louis Magazine earlier in the year about how we're all going to have to start wearing pants again. So you saw this oh, coming. You, I did. you forecast this moment. I was a soothsayer of pants. <laughs> you, and I have a, I have a five year old son, and you know you wonder what the impact on little kids is. But I just noticed one thing, which is a Zoom related thing. Uh, he was acting up, and I put him in a, a timeout uh, of sort of thing, a calm body moment. And in, within a couple seconds, he just turned to me and said, "Can you unmute me?" 
<laughs> he has a whole new vocabulary wow. because of this pandemic. Wow. That's right. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was like, how do I leave meeting? How do I leave meeting? <laughs> You know, thinking about having a five-year-old during this pandemic, um, I will admit I'm in this same boat. This has been a hard time to have a five-year-old. I mean, yeah, I, as I like to say, uh, nobody told me that I would have to raise my own child. Uh, (laughs) Aren't there professionals for this? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't we have a team before? Didn't we have a team between educators and people running activities and an occasional grandparent or babysitter? There used to be a team. Yeah. And then it was just me and my husband, obviously. And so was your son's school, have they, were they shut down for a big chunk of this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Abs all across, all across um, New York, everything was was shut down. And is so... that something you can find humor in? Because that to me is <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. Well, it is the, the whole like at some point you got to laugh or all you're going to do is cry, which, by the way, is very good for your skin. So. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. I mean, you're also a parent and a lot of the high schools were shut down for a long time here. Are you you able to find the humor in that moment? Oh, yes. Yeah, I I was not only that, but it was also my oldest daughter's first semester um, away at college. Only that came to an end right before Thanksgiving. And uh, she finished out her first semester at home. And it just got to the point to where it's like, you're not supposed to be here. I wasn't counting on this. But <laughs> I bet uh, she felt the same way. Oh, absolutely. She felt the same way. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, there is definitely a, a way to find uh, find the humor in it. And uh, I will talk about it on Friday night. I have a, a few pandemic related uh, <laughs> bits that I will be uh, interspersing between the two shows, uh, seven and nine thirty for those of you who don't have tickets yet. Uh, so. In in that respect, um, the pandemic was uh, very useful to uh, my material bank. People just kind of got tired of the the Watergate and Iran Contra jokes I'd been doing before that. So, yeah. your specialty, your specialty. I know it would be weird right now if uh, a comedian or anyone that is speaking to a live audience says would say nothing about the pandemic. Like, wouldn't you just be like, what? You're just gonna not mention where yeah. we all have been? Have you been living in this same world that we've been living in for the last exactly. year? At the same exactly. time, though, you know, you have a lot of people who are traumatized by this. And I'm sure that's hard to strike that balance where you're both acknowledging that and then, hey, here's some jokes. Exactly. Well, I mean, I'm traumatized by it. Uh, so th- that is, <laughs> I always start with me. I'm, I'm very personal with what I do. And so I start from my emotional state and think about what 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 is the what is in here that at least we can have a moment to just find the ridiculousness of it we're talking today to Ophira Eisenberg. Um, she is performing at the Gaslight Theater as part of the new Gaslight Theater comedy series. She'll be here this Friday. There are two shows. Yale, remind me of the times. 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. And we have a link on our website where you can get more information about that. You can also get tickets through Ticketmaster. You'll be able to get them at the door? Yes. Okay. Potentially. So ga- eventually, yes. <laughs> you can't get them at the door right now. That's the Gaslight Theater. It's there in the Central West End. Um, we're also joined today by comedian Yale Hollander, who has arranged this Gaslight Theater comedy series. I want to talk about that series in a moment. But before we do that, um, Ophira, I have to acknowledge the news that has a lot of our listeners very sad. 
I am um, with them. Yeah, so NPR announced earlier this month that it is canceling Ask Me Another. This is the show that you've hosted for nine years. Our listeners, judging by the comments we got on this, our listeners love this show. Mm. Did they give you much warning that they were pulling the plug? I didn't have much warning. No, I did not have much warning. It was a shock. I knew, I mean, I was not unaware of the budget issues and that there were going to be some changes based on that. But I, I didn't I didn't know going into it. And so I was shocked and I'm sad. The way in which people have gotten in touch, whether it's been through, you know, social media or what have you, and just talking about how I'm their friend, you know, and I feel the same way. Um, over the la- course of the last year, it was so much, uh, I needed to do that show so much. Both Jonathan Colton and I just uh, really depended on that show for our sanity. And also just what we're talking about, to find a little bit of levity in this dark time, a little bit of escapism even by playing games and talking to people and also checking in. And uh, people reached out and just said how much they felt that we took care of them. And I got to say, they took care of me. Hmm. You know, thinking about your show during the pandemic, so many different broadcasts moved to being done remotely. But I got to say, every time I listened to Ask Me Another, I kept thinking, this has to be the hardest show to do remotely. (laughs) Was it? We had to make a huge we had to make a huge change to the format because it didn't really uh, match. Also, just we, you know, obviously had contestants on in the past. We would have these very smart, uh, well vetted contestants who would just shine on our stage and expect people during in any world but over the course of a pandemic to get on their laptop and do some games for a a national radio show just felt like a big ask Mm -hmm. but yet people did it I mean you still got some great guests oh yeah so that's what we made a turn and we were mostly talking to people like we were we we're talking to established comedians and actors and musicians and people of note uh, just to make to, you know, it started with Jonathan and I checking in with our friends and, and then it just kind of expanded from there. And so you pulled this off. You got through the pandemic. You moved the show <laughs> that know. should never be remote to remote and they pulled the plug. I mean, are these guys just big sadists? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know how to answer that question, I mean, but, you know, but uh, we I, I still exist. Jonathan Colton still exists. And, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Well, so this you had this great <laughs> nine year run. You had some amazing guests. And I got to ask, as a, as a fan of this show, who's been yeah. your favorite of all the guests you had during that time? You know, so many. And so I always go to most recent people because there's so many people that have stood out. But one of the m- recent ones that uh it was just the most incredible interview was Yo-Yo Ma. And it was so interesting to have Yo-Yo Ma. Not only was he was such a great interview and so inspiring. The Every sentence out of his mouth made me feel like I could do more. But then we had him do a fairly silly game and he was up for feeling silly and kind of joking around. And I felt so happy that there was a, a platform to see that other side. And so he's kind of the surprisingly silly version of this. Have you ever had a star where you booked him and you ended up being surprised this person is surprisingly smart? So, oh, so many people are surprisingly smart about 
topics that you don't expect them to be. I mean, that's the thing. I think every, everybody is pretty intelligent uh, that we have booked on the show because we're asking them to answer questions. And it's just that's a hard ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we, you know, we have a we have a great wit meter starting to begin with. But then people are, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, no, I, I know everything there is to know about, um, you know, eight, uh, whatever it will be like the Civil War history. Or I know everything there is to know about this kind of uh, science that you had no idea. You booked them or they ended up on the show because they are an actor in a new series, you know? <laughs> so you don't expect them to have this side passion that they know everything about. It's interesting you mentioned side passion. This is the perfect time to bring this back to Yale because as some of our listeners may know, Yale is an attorney um, who five years ago <laughs> just decided to jump into the comedy scene. And so you still have a real job, but you put a lot of work into comedy. I do. I do. Um, it, you know what they say, if, if you enjoy what you do, it really isn't work. So I'm fortunate in that I have uh, two occupations, shall we say, uh, that I just really enjoy doing. And there is some, some interplay there. I don't practice law anymore, but I do work very closely with a few hundred uh, attorneys working on training uh, and refining their processes to make them less hated in society. So there are many uh, uh, intersections where engagement and humor uh, benefit me very well. You know, it, it makes sense to sort of launch this side gig as a, as a comedy uh, producer and promoter and also doing comedy yourself. And then something like the pandemic hits. I mean, is the St. Oh. Louis scene, is it starting to come back to life at this point or it, not quite yet? It is. Uh, it is a phoenix rising. As a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, we have come out of this or we are emerging from the pandemic a much stronger and much broader comedy community. There are more comics coming out now and finding venues to start producing their own shows. And comics who don't have a very long tenure in the community, uh, newer comics who are so passionate about their newfound pursuit that they are now building shows for the rest of us to to get on. So I am very excited about the direction that St. Louis comedy is going. So is this the pandemic yeah. effect? Everyone's been been sitting around writing jokes in their basement. I th- That's what I, I was just wondering. Do we produce more comics? It it's entirely <laughs> possible. Uh, you know uh, how how many of us survive uh, is one thing, but right now everybody is just so itching to get out and do things, and venues are scrambling for ways to get uh, patrons. Uh, back buying drinks and things like that. Yeah. So comedy is a, a, a perfect addition. You know, I have to say I did an outdoor show recently. There's still outdoor shows. You know, there's all kinds of shows. There's inside shows. There's outdoor shows. There's still shows on um, rooftops here in New York. Just a whole hybrid, as we call it. But someone came up to me after one of the outdoor shows and said, it has been so long since I have laughed. Mm-hmm. And it really struck me. Just this feeling about being able to get out there, be around people in a safe way, and feel that feeling of laughing all together. Well, you've just made the greatest advertisement for your show on Friday. I cannot possibly ask a follow-up question after that, because if people don't want to get out there and have a deep belly laugh after hearing that, then they're not the audience you want. They're not that warm, thank you. That's right. audience. That's right. Thank so, you. Afira Eisenberg, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you. And Yale Hollander, thank you. Thank you very much. 
St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.